0: Day and welcome to yet another Football Attic Podcast, I think it's number 8 this time and uh, hello from me, Rich Johnson, and hello from
1: Chris Oakley in London. No, I'm not in London anymore, am I? I'm in New Zealand. <laughs> I was going to say, neither of
0: us are in London. Crazy man. <laughs> Those are the days. Ah, uh, oh, bless. Uh, and how are you Chris, since the last podcast which we recorded about three minutes ago?
1: <laughs> oh, it's just, it's just like we're now in, in the middle of summer and a completely different season. Uh, my entire outlook on life has changed dramatically, you wouldn't believe it amazing <laughs> <Yeah. coughs> we're doing a, we're doing a, a, a two podcasts on the one sort of um shift just to let a bit of light in on the magic folks so um you know just so you get value for money but you won't be hearing this for an indeterminate
0: period of time because we haven't
1: decided when we're going to release it yet no, no. so it could well be that you don't get this for another month <laughs> no 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 but the fact is that we are thinking about our listeners and we're you know we're recording when we can that's right. Yes. <clears throat> uh
0: because otherwise you probably wouldn't get it for about another year <laughs> uh, G- given our given our lack of prolificness pro- prolific pro- whatever the word is. Yeah. That's yeah. no. Yeah, the other word. Um anyway, so having uh talked about other things in previous podcasts and actually talking about, generally talking about memorabilia in in sort of general, uh what we're going to cover this time is the purchasing of said memorabilia. Um and general collecting thereof. So, because, uh, I mean, I mean, I personally collect one hell of a lot of stuff, uh, much to the chagrin of my wife, who constantly refers to it, not as stuff, but as crap. Um, usually in the phrase, are you going to tidy that crap up? Um, to which my response is, A, it's not crap, and B, no, I'm not. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. That's. Uh, I, th- I can see she's noting it all down in her little book, and it's going to be used <laughs> against me at some point. But eh, uh, I'll just buy another shirt or something. Um, <laughs> Take your mind. So yes, yeah, so, uh, yeah, exactly. And, and unfortunately, uh, uh, what my wife would refer to as hoarding, which is I've corrected her as collecting. now, yeah, that's the well term, It's not hoarding. Um, I I have pretty much a lot of stuff. We've covered, I think, things that I've thrown away from my um, mm. from my era, uh, which was like all my collection of shoot and match. And mm-hmm. I think that was so psychologically scarring <laughs> that I have now decided to hold on to pretty much everything else I can find. Um, <laughs> and, and so I do collect an awful lot, but in terms of actually collecting in, rather than just sort of general keeping everything, um, in, we we do actually sort of collect certain things as well. My personal sort of uh, Vice's football shirts which I yeah. have an inordinate amount of now I, I <laughs> dread to think how many and what what would you say is, is do, you, do you have anything in particular that you collect Chris
1: um, I think it kind of determined it's determined by what my mood is on any given day i mean i I just um every few days or so i will go on to ebay let's face it that's the that's the elephant in the room let's not be coy about this it's yeah, ebay is our focus uh more often than not if you're after <clears throat> well anything let's let's face it um uh, so every few days i'll go onto ebay and have a look and you know some days i might look for you know football books or other times it might be an old maybe would have a look see if there's any panini albums that are maybe lesser known ones that you very rarely heard of that i can sort of snap up or um sabutio wall charts and then it kind of depends on my mood I'm, um <clears throat> i hear what you're saying about the um the shirts and that that's your kind of main focus and i guess um for me it's just i'll dip in and and just see what's around and and a lot of stuff, because of the way that eBay operates, obviously, you can just relist something. If you if you try and sell something and it doesn't sell, you just hit relist and it goes straight back on. It goes back on a loop again. So you tend, from the buying point of view, you tend to see a lot of stuff just coming around and around again and again and again. Um, but occasionally, obviously, you'll find new things. And that's why I don't go onto eBay every single day because it's the repetition. But, um, yeah, it just it's it's kind of, I would say it's mostly books, really um i've got i've bought so much stuff over the years like football annuals and um everything really from those little pocket news of the world football annuals um i used to sort of get a lot of those and i've got virtually all of those now i'm pleased to say well i think we might come on to collecting entire sets of things uh, at some point in this podcast and that's certainly one thing that falls into that category but um probably shirts is the one thing that i've not bought uh, much of in the past I, I've I've owned a few shirts of my own in, in my time but I've not really sort of bought any and I used to buy shirts to wear when I went over the park and play f- play football with my mates that's kind of that was probably more my era for when I wore them but I can see why you why you buy them because some of those shirts obviously are not only are they rarely seen and they've got a sort of um, curiosity value but they're just works of art in just the the way they were designed and made as well I mean is that the case or would I be right in saying that
0: yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, I just have an obsession with football shirts. I don't know what it is. I'm sure I could trace it back to some, you know, bizarre, random things. I think we've covered um, uh, potential reasons, but I think we covered that quite a lot in mm. the uh, podcast we did on football kit design. But yeah. I think, um, I mean, I, I I generally don't fit into any football shirt these days, unless it's a Rangers one, because they do them in gigantic sizes. <laughs> Actually, I noticed, I noticed on a, a website the other day, I think it was the new Chelsea kit, and you can now buy it um it there's like several drop downs on the on the page. I think mm. it was on kit bag, and you could get one of them just said "Outsize." and you look at it and it starts at like 4XL wow. and goes up to 7XL dear me I was like my god <laughs> you know because rangers always used to go up to 5XL rangers I don't know why maybe maybe there's a lot more fat people in Scotland <laughs> I don't know I'm sure the deep fried Mars bars <laughs> yes. which I believe is, is the staple diet of the Scotland <laughs> that and crack and um, <laughs> and alcohol yeah.
1: uh, iron brew
0: not to not to yeah of course iron brew yeah iron brew is for for waking up um followed by some crack
1: and a bit of whiskey.
0: Uh, well,
1: that's a Scottish twice, audience just, gone. Just,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, just to isolate it, they can't understand what we're saying anyway, if we're talking English. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm uh, joking. Sorry, sorry. Uh, dear. I'm sorry, people. I'm really apologising. <laughs> What's the story in Balanwood? <laughs> anyway, moving on very, very swiftly. Um, uh, so yeah, I was always fascinated that Ranger shirts went up to 5XL, um, but now it seems that we've gone beyond that, which, to be honest, I'm, I'm sure the average football fan has probably got larger over the years if I'm anything to go by they've got a lot larger (laughs) Um, but in a sense that actually frees me because I I don't actually ever intend to wear any of my shirts um, Mm. because A I can't really fit into them and B I collect them for collection's sake Mm. Um, so like I say it kind of gives me a certain freedom because I know that um, I think we were talking to I think it was We Are The Twins last year when when, I think it was JD Sports was selling off uh, like the New York Cosmos top mm. and they said oh well, they've only got it in like a sort of in like a sort of XL or something and I need like a medium or something and I'm like well I don't care yeah. I'll just buy whatever size I want yes. you know, because it's like I'm not going to wear it it's just going in a drawer somewhere hmm. or hanging up for me to gaze at for endlessly and for my wife to look at and go put that in the <laughs> bloody cupboard <Yeah. laughs>
1: well, she, she was... doesn't talk like that though <laughs> put that in a bloody cupboard you <laughs> toilet <laughs> you talk <laughs> Yeah, you slag. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna say actually. I mean, in terms of like displaying the shirts, I mean, do you have any that are sort of, you know, I don't know framed, or do you have any kind of on display anywhere in around your house, or are they there just as a sort of, you know, packed away that you can kind of have a look at whenever take one out to have a look at whenever you feel like it. Due to the fact that the three children still live in the house, <laughs> selfishly, <clears throat> no I can't
0: display them. I can't display them anywhere. So, no, Actually, I don't have any room to display. I, In all honesty, I would love to have um, a massive room, like a walk-in wardrobe almost, mm. where I could have all of them hanging up, and I could just go in there, take all my clothes off, and just rub myself up <laughs> against them. Oh. <laughs> just, for, for, those who, uh. for those who actually know me in real life, get that image out of your head right because <laughs> it's not pleasant. Oh. Um, oh dear. i just like to clarify, I wouldn't do that, because obviously I <laughs> just wouldn't. I just
1: wouldn't do that <laughs> um, I'm just thinking like, um, yeah, let's, let's, let's face facts here your, your children are taking up far too much room in that house and it's they probably in everyone's best interest if you just ship them off to the orphanage as we said on the last <laughs> podcast we recorded and then you'd have far more room
0: Exactly. Yeah. Do it. I mean,
1: it just makes sense, and
0: also, I'd have more money to spend on shirts. Exactly. App- but apparently, the, apparently, the wife doesn't seem to understand this, and seems to think I'm some kind of psychopath. Oh. But I don't know what I don't know what she's talking. She just doesn't understand, man.
1: It's just females. Uh, they have whim- such a whim- sympathetic yeah, approach. Down.
0: Yeah. God. It's the maternal instinct. What can I say? <laughs> Up there, just the female audience. <laughs> goodbye, whoever. You, yeah. Goodbye, whoever you were. You know. Well.
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> even right, though you won them over with the, won, won the kids over with your Balamori reference, so I think we probably lost them as well. <laughs>
0: uh, exactly. Yeah, you know, you can't please them. Can Such a short attention span. Here's Tinky Winky. So you know, right. I, I don't have anywhere to display them, and in fact, I don't actually even have one particular place to store them. They are all over the place. I've got. Yeah. I've got some in drawers i've got so we I've recently had like a new sort of thing in the bed a new unit in the bedroom sort of which has baskets in the bottom of it and that's got loads of me and i've got i I've, and there's a whole load up upstairs in the attic room as well, mm. all just sort of shoved away in boxes and it's it's i I hate it because i would I, I know it's really tragic it is incredibly tragic but I would love to be able to see them or I'd love to be able to look at them and just not like like gaze at them for hours. I would do that though <laughs> um but it would just be nice to be able to look at them rather than having to sort of think oh that's up in the attic I can't go and get that you know things like that hmm. it's just so i but i the problem is i just have so damn many of them it's just it's not really practical so what generally happens is when i buy a new one um it generally sort of tends to go on a hanger on the end of my chest of drawers for a excuse me a couple of days and i'll just sort of gaze at it for a couple of days and then work will call and go where are you You (laughs) and and I'll get the sack again Um, so so I'll just tend to look at it for a few days and have it hanging up and then you know once the kind of the looks off, off my wife are kind of getting a bit too much I'll just sort of you know just put it away in the drawer until the next one arrives which is usually only a couple of days later <laughs> i actually had to st- i had to stop myself from buying one last night really because i nearly bought uh, Genoa have got mm. um, a, a centenary edition of an away shirt and it's really nice and it comes in a metal tin as well because <gasps> oh it's a metal tin you know <laughs> that makes it completely, completely metal tin. justifies your purchase <laughs> yeah. exactly uh, and so i would literally i just clicked I'd click uh, um, I think I'd click the sort of the buy button and then it takes you through and you have to register and there was a little glitch in the registration I think that kind of made me have a second thought I thought no I won't get it but it is really nice and I'm still really tempted but it was like 90 quid and I'm like yeah I know I've spent a lot on football shirts in the past but this is is... it's getting to the point where you know 90 quid oh that's a normal price for a football shirt no it's not it's not (laughs) it's a ridiculous price for a football shirt the stupid thing is I wouldn't spend anywhere near that on a t-shirt most of my t-shirts I buy from Tesco. <laughs> because they're cheap because I resent paying a lot of money for clothes. I'll happily spend 90 quid on a shirt I never intend to wear though. No.
1: but there's, there's there's no logic to it. No, no, but like we say it's the the football shirts are a sort of different breed really. They they have a certain uh, aesthetic quality. When you're you're not wearing them you're you're you know you're looking at them like a like a work of art. That's what I said. Yeah, I'm trying to exactly. do my best for you, mate. Too. <laughs> I was going to say if you can come around and convince my wife of this, I'd be great. Remember, I think you'd be onto you'd be on hiding to nothing. Really. <laughs> I but, have tried, but it, it's interesting actually. Sort of talking about how sort of these items that we buy are stored and and displayed and everything. I mean, I've got. I'm in the fortunate position. that I've now got a man cave, right? Uh, now, I uh, when I was living in London, <clears throat> I had a poky little um, terraced house um two bedrooms not not a lot of space frankly and a lot of the stuff i had like books and things were um in boxes and drawers and just sort of put away but here where i'm living now um in ashburton in new zealand um it's a lot more much more spacious house um and there's also um what they call a sleep out and a sleep out is term that's used for uh uh, an external building like an outhouse of some sort where if you've got people coming over to you know traveling just passing through and they want to stop over for the night then it's like a sort of spare room and it's kind of like quite often they're like um it's about the size of a garage let's say and certainly the one we've got here is it's all intents and purposes, it's a converted garage. It hasn't got any windows in it or anything like that, so it's a bit dingy. Um And um it does, <clears throat> we haven't got a bed in our one. It's just a spare room. So when we moved here and my shipping container arrived from London, I had all this stuff, all this memorabilia, and I thought, at last, I've got somewhere that I can actually, a room I can walk into. And yes, there are a few other things in there of ours and bits and pieces, but mostly it's my stuff. And I can actually put, I've been able to put some of my books up on a shelf, and I've got things kind of, you know, in piles on the floor, not particularly kind of uh, pleasingly displayed, but I've got instant access to it, or I can kind of see pretty much all of it at any given moment. And it's such a, a luxury, frankly, to, to have that opportunity. I certainly wouldn't have um, had that opportunity in London unless I'd have spent about two million pounds on some fancy, swanky house somewhere in West London, um, but... um but it is nice. I must admit to be able to kind of walk into a room and and see all your stuff just hanging around. You think, ah, bliss. So uh, yes, a lucky boy am I. That's for sure. Yeah, very. Mm.
0: Yeah, I, I I I very much envy you. I mean, we we I one of the tasks I have this afternoon, once I finish doing these <laughs> these podcasts, is I've got to put a shelf up, <laughs> um, uh, a shelving unit, I should say, really. Mm-hmm. And part of that is to put books and stuff on because at the moment I, I have virtually nowhere to put any books or anything in, in my room mm-hmm. so what happens is they tend to go on the floor <laughs> in piles yes. which apparently is quite annoying in, in <laughs> a sort of you know a bedroom it's not the done thing it doesn't look very nice what? and I suppose you know she's got a point there Yeah. so we've actually recently re- restructured quite a few things and it's it's allowing me to have these things because I did actually say to wife, I said well look you know As much as it might be sad that I want a 1986 football sticker album to hand. (laughs) I said I do want it to hand because you know, I'm either gonna write about it or I'm gonna just I'm just gonna want to sit there and and look at it and read it or something, you know. And I don't have the space for it. So we we actually then thought right, okay if we do this, do this, do this, I'll actually have somewhere to have it all to hand. And that will at least then stop it being all on the floor because what would happen is I'd I tend to go to my, you know, kind of the attic or something and get stuff out. And then of course it's a hassle putting it back. Especially when you're enjoying reading it. So it's like I just well I haven't got anywhere to put it, so I'll just put it there. Next to to my bedside cabinet on the floor, and then it's like slowly over time, like this big pile of stuff would build up. It's like, What are you doing with that? It's like, I don't really want to put it away. And that's that's to be honest, that's part of one of the biggest problems with collecting is where the hell do you put it all? Yeah, because I don't have a huge amount of space. I mean, I've got a big enough house as it is, considering where we are, but it's like it's filled with children, (laughs) so you know, so so it it, it does become an issue. I mean, I remember that. But going back to the ebay thing um it it is dangerous (coughs) it's a very dangerous place because there's so much utter crap that you can (laughs) buy and and i have an absolute history of buying absolute utter tat um i think when when ebay was first around when i first started using it the amount of novelty crap that i would buy (laughs) just purely because i'd never seen it before it's like i mean i've mentioned one of my other obsessions is the world cup trophy and Mm -hmm. i have so many different variety sort of versions of it now in in various guises. <laughs> I once bought a a lighter like a, a cigarette lighter in the shape of the world cup not even a particularly great one <laughs> by the and it wasn't even in that good a condition but purely because it looked a bit like the World Cup. And it's like I've got this lighter. I don't smoke. Mm-hmm. I never have smoked, but I've got a lighter in the shape of the World Cup, which doesn't work. You know. <laughs> but then at the same time, I look through all my stuff and I think, oh, shall I get rid you of? Know, really, I don't need that for anything. should I shall I get rid of it. No, I want to keep it because it's like you know, it looks like the World Cup. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so much tat. That, and then, to be fair, you know, most of the stuff that my wife refers to as crap, a lot of it is crap. crap. To be honest, yeah. but most of that's in boxes. But then the problem is it's all boxes taking up space. And it's like, I, I seem to be buying just ever more stuff. And she just says, well, the solution is stop buying it. And I'm like, no, that's not that's not going to happen, is it? We both know that's not going to happen. And that's not an actual solution. So stop that. Stop that with your suggestion.
1: <laughs> but but then don't you find that there is always that, Nagging thing in the in the back of your mind. It's like if I ended up. It's called w- the wife. Well- <laughs> Sorry. No, no, I mean <laughs> Sorry. the voice in your your. Oh, maybe that is your wife. I don't know. Um, uh, th- <laughs> there's that kind of nagging doubt that if I walked in front of a bus and got killed tomorrow that my wife has then got about like four thousand tons of assorted crap that she's somehow got to get rid of yeah it's just like i mean god forbid well, that, that should ever happen but
0: <laughs> that doesn't particularly bother me because i know that the majority of it should just chuck it in the bin <laughs> <And> <laughs> no, there, there is always that fair, option but, i suppose yes well that's the thing i, I wouldn't I, don't, I wouldn't worry about that so much but the funny, I, I think i mentioned this to you a while ago i said the the funny thing for me with collecting stuff is that it all has meaning to me like right. i've bought I mean, like so many football shirts but i've bought them all for a specific reason you know yeah. it might have been a stupid reason at the time but I, every single one has been bought with a specific reason at the time yeah. but it mainly means something to me it doesn't mean anything to anybody else i mean there's a couple of shirts that are probably like you know collectors editions that are you know that would mean something to someone else but yeah. the majority of them I've bought because I personally like them it might be just the design it might be some you know it might be a match that I went to or something Mm -hmm. like that they all mean something to me but only me so Mm. it's like once I am dead and gone all all that stuff that I've spent so much money on ceases to mean anything and it's like it's kind of at that point you start to think well what, 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 you know, what is anyone going to do with it? Why, it, it, and it's just a, a very strange thing to think. All this stuff that has so much meaning and sentimental value. That as soon as I'm gone, it, it just means nothing. It's, it's all yeah. completely just back to being a material object. And in most cases it's just it's just almost worthless you know I and mean, mm-hmm. I've got some shirts that I just happen to really like the design of that could be like you know like a, I mean I think I got one recently there was a Partick Thistle Away kit <laughs> or it might have been a home kit which was a sort of pink camouflage type one which oh, I just right. love yeah. I love the design of the shirt and it's like but to someone else that's it's bloody meaningless. It's a partic thistle away shirt. Who cares? You know. <laughs> who the hell in Coventry cares about a Partic Thistle Away shirt? <laughs> and it's like but I like it because I like the design. And yeah. I've got I've got some old stuff like um some old Puma ones that are just from like you know, the mid eighties, which mm. they're not even they're just like random german non-league teams and stuff but i like the design of the shirt utterly meaningless mm. and it's like so what the hell happens when i'm not here anymore well what will probably happens it'll go in the bin you know <laughs> or they'll, they'll she'll sell it off as a job lot or something yeah and it's just a strange thing to think that people spend so much of their life
1: building this up and then in, in an instant it doesn't mean anything well there is that it's quite a humbling thought i suppose isn't it really and um i mean i still say rich we should we should do that Uh, plan, that idea that I had a while back, which is to basically find a a disused old kind of building somewhere in the UK and set up the first national football nostalgia museum. Because I think we could put all that stuff in there. It could be permanently housed there. So that gets it out of our house. (laughs) And then when we die, it hasn't got to go anywhere. It's just still there and people can (laughs) still come in, paying their £2 on the door and then come in and have a look at all that stuff. It's absolutely fine. I just We've got to do that one day. Sorry, we should do it. If, even if it is just to hear people going, I pay two quid to see a part of this little show. <laughs> am I doing it? But it's probably the only one in the entire UK because yeah, no one else has got one. So. Yeah. No one else has bothered buying one exactly. <laughs> ah, yeah. okay. uh, yes, but um, it, yes, it's yes, it's certainly a humbling thought. I remember watching a documentary a while back about um, Bob Monkhouse, uh, the late comedian, and the fact that he had this huge store storage area with all this stuff videotapes magazines cartoons and and it's like his wife suddenly when he died his his wife was like ah so i seem to now have <laughs> you know 50 <laughs> billion mem- items of memorabilia to, to to do something with so it's uh, yes got to think of the um the good lady wife in these situations i suppose but um but what i was going to say that actually about um ebay i mean although we might feel a bit guilty about buying stuff on ebay all of us including our, our lovely lovely audience that's uh listening in now is that Actually, eBay is a good place to window shop as well because we might not always buy things, but it's just actually nice as looking um, and and seeing some of the amazing quirky stuff that you never even dream you would ever see. Um, I mean, that's it's a it's a lovely sort of way of diving into some escapism. Frankly, I find that you know, in my lunch hour at work or something, I can just go online and go into the football nostalgia stuff and and just get, and just laugh. and and smile at some of the things you see, because you just think somebody somewhere has discovered that they've got this item in in a cupboard or something, or they've just decided that they don't want it anymore. And just by virtue of putting it on eBay, it's suddenly you know you can suddenly get an image of something you did a lot of the time you didn't even think existed let alone um you could buy it so it's just it's a great place to window shop i mean i'm saying that as a as a maybe a poor excuse to ease my troubled mind about the fact that i probably spend too much money on there but it, it's 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 a wonderful thing ebay let's be honest <coughs> no i totally agree
0: it's um i'm to be honest when i was I, I, when we first started The Attic, and I was writing that article about my first ever, well, the Sabutia team when I got Winterthur, the, the <laughs> free one. Yes. Um, eBay was the only place I could actually find a picture of that particular Sabutio team because it's like where the hell else are you going to find it you know <laughs> yeah. But I, I mean one, actually what you said like you know just typing in a sort of generic search term in there and just seeing what comes up I th- I did that uh, the other night I just typed in Italia 90 mm-hmm. and there was like 1500 results <laughs> and I scrolled through all of them and to be honest about a thousand of them were like Panini stickers from the yeah. from that year mm-hmm. but it's like there's some real random stuff as well but thankfully I've I've kind of got over the point of just buying that random crap but like so when I first started with eBay I literally would type in like Mexico 86 and I would end up buying absolute <laughs> crap hoovering everything like, up yeah I mean I, the amount of stuff that I've got that is just just tall it's, it's just it's just rubbish it's just uh, I'm, I mean, I have got one of the things actually I say, which is rubbish, but I, one of the things I did buy was uh, I think from Italian 90, you could buy bottles of wine shaped like the World Cup, and <laughs> of course it's shaped it's like well the World cut. Cup, so I'm going to buy it, <laughs> yeah, and I I've, I do still have in my cupboard an empty wine bottle shaped like the World Cup, <laughs> but it it is actually quite a good one, all oh, right, and again and again occasionally we'll clear out the cupboards and Joe will be like do you really want this like,
1: yes of course I want that you know?
0: <laughs> of course why would I not how like, many other people do you know that's up, got like? one Yeah, exactly yeah you know well how many other mentally ill people do you know <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like but but yeah I, 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 it's the same sort of thing you know just kind of and seeing the sort of stuff that you can get and, and to a degree for for football nostalgia it's like a lot of things that you've that you remember from your childhood mm. like some of the more obscure stuff Um, that you can't find anywhere else. You'll search like Google for it and you'll come up with nothing Mm. because it's so obscure. But then a lot of the time, if you put it into eBay, you'll find it Mm. because there's someone out there selling this crap because they had the same sort of stuff in their childhood. I mean, I think it was like um, one of my... um, Like that, um, the Football Superstars Panini album Mm -hmm. that I had. I'd I'd never seen anything about that anywhere else. But it's search on eBay, and there's and there's people selling them. You can buy loads of them. Mm. You know, it's just and things like that. You think, oh God, yeah, that's really obscure from my childhood. And yes, uh, but there's other people who had just as obscure childhoods, and and but they're now selling it all. Mm. And thankfully, sometimes the more obscure it is, the cheaper it
1: is. Well, exactly. Yeah, I mean, uh, we're probably going to come on to you know what makes a good bargain maybe on uh, on eBay. But yeah, absolutely, and it's it's very. Um, good timing actually where you mention um that fact about buying stuff from your child because there's something that I've not said yet on this podcast not this specific podcast but in all seven or eight that we've done thus far um a couple of times you've mentioned about the fact that sometimes um if you go onto eBay to buy something that you remember having in your childhood then it kind of somehow takes away the value of it but I've I've always felt that actually the one thing I love doing is looking for those books and bits and pieces that you used to have as a kid and buying them because it's, it, for me it's a bit like filling a gap that's been made that's been left behind in your childhood because we all love kind of you know, we always sort of filter out the bad stuff It's what nostalgia is about on any subject really but um, you remember as a kid having certain books and certain things and of course a lot of it ends up being thrown away or whatever and I love seeing something on on ebay and thinking oh you know i used to have that book and then then buying it and okay it's not the same book as the one you owned it's not the one you had but nonetheless it's nice being reunited with it and getting to see it again through your adult eyes and that's that's something i love that's i i have no problem at all with with buying stuff that you used to own and just being reunited with it um there you go (laughs)
0: No, i I completely agree i mean um it's been really useful for me because i've had um recently i've bought quite a few panini football albums um which i mean i've the last thing i've got off eBay um was panini football eighty six mm. Uh, which I didn't own at the time because I wasn't really into football at the time so so I've been able to get that because that had the, the some of the funkiest um, foil stickers <laughs> ever because it was kind of in the mid-80s and I think the early to mid-80s you could get and for anyone that remembers it they were, like, the foil stickers I've posted a picture of the European Cup mm-hmm. um, in, uh, that was from that year as well because I actually had that I had that sticker someone gave it me at school because mm-hmm. I really liked it mm-hmm. um, but it was that kind of weird it's all sort of split into squares with like kind of it's holographic like almost. shininess so, yeah it's, it's a very strange one and for that one year only I think because I don't know what they did in 85 um, they did that and it was like all the badges look really cool mm-hmm. and then they just went back to normal foil after that yeah. um, but Again, similarly, I've recently also bought the Football 88 and 89 sticker albums because at the time, I mean, I can't actually find my own versions of them at the moment so it's nice to be able to see them in lieu of not being able to find mine. Mm-hmm. But also I, I know for certain that 89 I didn't really collect it. I think 88 I have. I don't know if I've completed the book because like I, I can't find it, but I know that with 89 I hardly collected it because I think I'd gone, you know, I'd gone past the point of collecting yeah. it by that point. And so it's nice actually to get that and to see what they look like with the majority of stickers in there um, hmm. so it's it's quite useful in that's but i think also and in a really um strange way as well to me a lot of my memories um from my childhood i've got i've got a lot of memories of of um like um like snacks and things like that and random things hmm. um that I share with my brother um yeah but nobody else ever seems to have heard of <laughs> So it's, it's, it's nice in a way. It almost kind of legitimises your own memories because you see something and just the fact that someone else has owned that, you think, oh, right, so it wasn't just me <laughs> yes. then. You know, it kind of, even though, statistically, of course it wasn't just you. But it's like, you know, you say, I mean, like, for instance, my example, my all-time example is Battle Bags Crisp. <laughs> no one in, this, in the entire world knows what the hell I'm talking about Ooh. when I say Battle Bags Crisp.
1: That's ringing, they were. ringing vague bells. Do do tell
0: they, but they were—you um, could get uh, salt and vinegar planes or cheese and onion tanks. Uh, but they were the most intense flavors ever. It's like <laughs> someone had like then someone had hit the flavor dial up to eleven um, <laughs> in the factory. And th- yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, and they were so nice, but nobody else ever remembers them. And I know that certain things were quite regional because there was also a, a load of crisps called Super Crunchies, which only cost ten p. Um, but but they—you get because obviously ITV was regional you would get adverts for things that were regional so you'll say like and for instance I know there are people out there on Twitter who know what I mean by Don Amot King of Caravans (laughs) now a lot of people don't know what the hell I'm talking about a lot of people a lot of people do and they can even remember the little lion logo that went with it um but for instance Super Crunchies they only cost 10p um a lot of people don't know what I'm talking about when I say that because they were regional, and I don't know whether the battle bags were regional or not. I don't think they were, but no one else ever seems to have heard of them. The only thing I can find on the internet is a picture uh-huh. of battle bags that someone's posted. A picture of the of the wrappers. It's probably the one I'm looking um, at
1: now. Actually, I'm just yes. There are there are yellow bags which have got tanks in, uh, which are yeah. battle tanks made by Smith's crisps. So they're yes. so not not regional by the looks of it. They're probably nationwide. Yeah, exactly. And fighter fighter but no planes one knows in blue. What the ha- yeah.
0: Yeah, and no one knows what the hell I'm talking about, but they were really nice crisps, um, and they should bring them back. But, (laughs) like I say, it's nice sometimes when you see stuff on eBay, of some of the more obscure stuff that you've got, because you think, well... You know, no one else ever seems to have heard of this, Mm. and then you'll look at it and find it on eBay. It's like, oh, actually, yeah, someone else did. You know, and it's a very strange thing. And like I say, it legitimizes your own memories, and then it makes it a lot stupidly. It makes it more real the fact that someone else also knew about it because then it suddenly it means that it wasn't just you in the entire world that owned it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, someone else out there actually had it as well. Because I think with the the Team 90 sticker album that I've got, a Merlin one, I never collected it. I've got a few stickers in there. I can't even remember how I got Mm -hmm. it. Um, but nobody else ever seems to have heard of it. And then I think I mentioned it and someone else said, oh yeah, I remember that. You know, it's kind of like... And yeah, it's just I, I I'd forgotten even that I had it. It was only when I actually went through a whole bunch of my stuff and it was like, oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and yet if someone had said it to me, I'd have been like, what?
1: <laughs> yes, indeed. That, that therein lies the joy of um, doing a, a football nostalgia uh, blog site and indeed podcast. Um, yes, that you can kind of make these connections with people and and indeed as, as you say, the, the things you used to own. Yeah, definitely. It's um, I mean, it, it is incredible. I mean and and. The, the fact that you, just by talking to people uh on twitter or facebook it, somebody will, will just mention something in passing and it will just su- suddenly send you hurtling back 30 years or something i mean i think there was something you mentioned um d- without even giving it a second thought uh, uh, ages and ages ago it was about uh i think it was you anyway about a book called um world football uh, oh yeah yeah and now this is a book that was sold by Marks and Spencers, right? Oh, yes. The, that famous football publisher. Um, mm-hmm. And it was the most random thing that you could have said. And yet, instantly, I just suddenly remembered that I owned that as a kid. It was a, it was a pretty good book for what it was. It was only a sort of thin, hardback book, but it had lots of colour photos, glossy pages right the way through it. And I just thought, My God. I'd forgotten I even owned it, and it's that—that's the joy of of you know football nostalgia, particularly. And I mean, and there is so much stuff that's been produced over the years. I mean, I don't know if we kind of mentioned it on a previous podcast, but it's you know if, if somebody sort of said to me why are you why are you interested in football nostalgia, um, or or to put it another way, why was why was football better years ago than it is now? It's because. Before the kind of computer internet era came along, let's say going back to the 70s, um, the the way that people would contribute to this whole uh, nationwide, worldwide interest in football was to make things that, you know, objects, let's say tangible objects that you could hold like books and sticker albums and games and everything else and 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 so therefore so much stuff has been produced down the years that it's still hanging around there's so it's still quite a bit of it left and that's that's just i can't tell you kind of you know how much of a, a positive influence it's had on my life the fact that you can go onto ebay and buy this stuff um i mean talking about kind of buying stuff on ebay i mean what would you say rich i mean what's in terms of when you buy something what what sort of tips would you give to people and for what are there any kind of pitfalls that people can fall into or any mistakes that they can make i'm sure a lot of people are probably quite fait okay with ebay these days i suppose that the biggest thing
0: with football shirts is just it's just really knowing your football shirts mm. i mean I, I i've mentioned this before but i i'm really quite anal when it comes to football <laughs> shirts you know i i know all the details about things and i know I, I, you know, I don't, I'm not, I don't go for player worn things, you know, so mm-hmm. I, I don't really know much about, you know, spotting fake match worn shirts and things like that. And well, there's a Twitter account that's literally set himself up just to expose fake match worn shirts, <laughs> um, which actually is good, except for the fact that he never says what's wrong with it, which ah. kind of annoys me. It just says, <laughs> it just goes, this is fake, and posts a link to it. You go, okay, well, <laughs> just explain yeah. why it's fake. You don't know, just say this is fake, because actually. For all for all we know, we might be looking at thinking, well, actually, I don't think that is fake, you know. Mm -hmm. But it's like at least post reasons why. Yeah, it would help. I don't know, but I mean that's the thing. I like I say, I don't really go in for you know match worn shirts and things like that. It doesn't really hold any interest for me, and they're usually bloody expensive anyway. Mm -hmm. So, Um, but I mean, it's just things like again knowing the details of the shirt. I mean, in terms of a lot of the Argentina shirts that I buy there are so many different variations and there's quite a few floating around on eBay that says oh this is from 1988 and you look and you think that's not a real shirt, mm. you know, and there's, there's two in particular and I posted I think one of them on Twitter a couple of um, weeks ago and basically the consensus was that it wasn't an ever an Argentina shirt but it was like a fan shirt or something right. like that yeah. and there's, there's two in particular that I know of and they're always there on sites, I mean if you look on things like not, I think actually one of them is for sale on classic football shirts, um but uh, there's another one that's like you need to get... Um, there's a the website called Historical Football Shirts mm-hmm. or something, which basically just... People submit their own shirts that they've bought and then it builds up a library. It's a bit like Wikipedia for shirts, if you like. Right, yeah. But there's, there's... Both of these shirts are on there and once it's like, oh, 1988, you know, it's the first Adidas shirt. And you look at you think, no, it's not. <laughs> and then... and then, But the great thing with the, with now the internet is what I'm what I what I will do is you go onto YouTube and you can search for clips of matches yes. and almost because uh, like, t- you know, bigger countries have played in like European Championships and-, and like kind of the Copa America and things like that you can usually find enough footage to verify whether these are real or yeah, not yeah. I mean I did that the other day tragically <laughs> it was I was going through um, Copa Americas from like all the way from the mid 80s to the sort of mid 90s mm-hmm. to see all the different shirts that they wore and it's like one of the most common shirts that you can buy for Argentina is the 1991. but it's not exactly the same right. it is the official replica that was released at the time and that's <laughs> this is also where things get more confusing because i remember um Jay from uh, Design Football mentioned the fact that um, the Holland 88 one, there was actually about three or four different retail versions that you could buy, hmm. with varying degrees of details and stuff like that You know, yeah. some had the orange piping on the neck some didn't, blah 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 and it's like, similarly, the official retail version of the Argentina shirt you could buy from 1990 doesn't look the same as the one they wore in the World Cup mm-hmm. it's different, yeah. the badge is different, and it doesn't have any lines on the on the collar and it's like most people don't really care about that sort of detail but that's the sort of thing that gets me but it has, subsequently turns out that shirt did actually exist as a real shirt and they wore it in the nineteen ninety one Copa america oh right and it's like and it's like kind of oh great so that that does exist as a real shirt but it's not the 1990 World <laughs> Cup no. shirt. but it was the shirt that was for sale around the same time it's just like oh god so the further back <coughs> in time you go with shirts like that the more complicated it gets mm. because the retail version often was quite different from the shirts they wore yeah the, so either the, the
1: people marketing it and selling it either deliberately or accidentally just got the kind of wrong association with the shirt
0: yeah, I think I think often what they would do is for things like that, because because there wasn't such a huge market, um, and especially in terms of like you know international teams. For a lot of you know, if you were selling them in England, not many people gave a toss about buying an Argentina show, In fact, most mm. people didn't want one at all. <laughs> no. But it's like you know Brazil would usually be a fairly safe bet because people would always buy Brazil. But it's like a lot of the other countries that they'd make an approximation. Mm. So it was never the, the correct shirt, but it's like you then find out that shirt was never available to buy in that guy. Right. So it's like it gets, you start getting really headachy if you care that much, which sadly I don't. <laughs> um, so that's yeah. like, it's, it's general pitfalls like that. It's just, I mean, obviously checking out the seller's feedback is, yeah. is a, one of the most obvious ones, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I've had, I think I posted on Twitter the other week about I'm getting sick of people... <laughs> pissing around on eBay and and just not describing things as they are because I there's one particular Argentina shirt I think from about 2005-2006 that I've now bought twice Mm -hmm. Um, and both times they've not turned out to be the shirt you know exactly as described the first time I bought it to be fair, you could... The picture just said... I think it said good condition. Hmm. And the picture was a very small one. You couldn't really see much. When it arrived, it had like... I oh, God knows what. It looked like it would used to clean a chip pan or something. <laughs> because it had like loads of grease stains <laughs> all over it. Ones that, you know... And I washed it and it didn't come out. And I contacted the seller and said, Look, you know... I know you can actually... Now looking back at the picture, you can see if you really look hard enough, you can see there's some of the stains. I said, but you've described it as good condition. Hmm. And I said, frankly... I don't agree with that. I don't think this is good condition at all. You know, mm-hmm. it's like got grease stains all over it. You know, yeah, yeah. and a couple of holes in it. It's like yeah, that's not good condition at all. So that's an, that annoys me when people say something's in good condition. And I bought the same shirt again recently, and the picture of the shirt was different from what I arrived. It was the same shirt clearly, <laughs> yeah. but I don't know if they'd taken the picture on the day they bought it and subsequently had been worn. But the guy said, "Oh, it's never been worn," and I said, "Well." Whether it's been worn or not, it's clearly been washed a hell of a lot because, A, it smells very strongly of detergent. Mm. Uh, there's no tags on it, which there were in the picture. And the numbers in the picture, which are perfectly good, have all completely worn off. And it's like, so clearly it's not the same no. shirt. I said, you know, irrespective of whether it has been worn or not, uh, and also there was, like, a, at the neck that it was coming away, yeah, the stitching was coming away. I said, it's clearly not the same shirt that you've advertised. I said, it is the same shirt, but it's clearly not in the same condition. Yes. And it's just and okay. The guy said, oh, "I'll give you a full refund. You can keep the shirt." And it's like, "Okay, well yeah, that's fine." But it's just the faffing around, and it's just mm. that's what does my head. If people just you know be honest about stuff. Yeah. If you're going to list something on eBay, list the flaws. Do that. And, and actually, most sellers in all honesty are very good. Mm-hmm. And in fact, there's a couple of good sellers on there that you know will always list the flaws and I'll often include close-ups of them so you can make a decision yourself. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's just I don't know what it is, but of late I've just seem to have had so much hassle with people buying stuff. Mm. I mean, but yeah. again, it depends on the seller. Because I, I had, I bought, a, again, a limited edition shirt recently. It was, an it was the Africa Unity shirt, Ooh. which I already own. Mm. But they, they, at the time, they released like a limited edition one, and it's um, in a, like a big wooden box. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tragically, when you open the box, it roars like a lion, <laughs> which I have to say, I did not buy
1: it for that. Reason. <laughs> no, of course you didn't know. <laughs> uh, um, um,
0: mm-hmm. So I bought this, but when it arrived during. Um, during transit, and you could tell it was during transit. It, the the wooden box, which to be fair, was made of pretty cheap wood. It kind of cracked in a few places, and the hinge was, had come off as well. So I emailed the guy back and just said, you know, sorry about this, you know, but it's you know, it's not been in good condition. And I was really nice about it. I just said I can give you pictures if you want to, so you know what I'm talking about. And the guy immediately emailed back and he said, oh, don't worry about it. He said I know exactly what you mean. He said I did worry that was going to happen because of transit. He said I'll send you another one. And and it, to be fair, like a week later, the next one arrived, packaged like you know, like a, <laughs> like. Like it a bomb. was the most delicate thing ever. Yeah, literally. And it and it was it was absolutely perfect condition. So I went back to the guy and said, you know, kind of, oh, thanks, that's a ride. Right. You know, how do you want me to send the other one back? He I'll oh, just keep, just hang on to it. And it's just like, you know, so there are some really good people on eBay selling stuff, genuinely, honestly, and and you know, I would happily deal with. Mm. And then you obviously get people. And, and to be honest, I've not really come across any unscrupulous people. I think I've come across some people who are either just being naive, mm. or you know, just. Not quite getting. it yeah. I mean, like I say, with the two Argentinians, I don't think they were deliberately trying to deceive. I don't know what just had happened with the guy with the second yeah, one, but just didn't have the I insight into just...
1: the into the specifics of it. Yeah,
0: yeah, or just being naive, or just kind of thinking, oh, well, it's you know, it's not a big issue. I mean, to be fair, I didn't pay a huge amount for them, so sometimes you feel a bit picky for going mm. back but you just think well at the end of the day it's not what you've sold me no. you know if i'd have seen that in the shop and it was that price i probably wouldn't have bought it no indeed and that's the point yes yeah. uh, irrespective of that it wasn't an expensive shirt it's not the point i wouldn't have paid that much for it mm. um
1: well I, i've kind of so yeah sorry i was just going to say go on. Um, i've kind of had a similar sort of experience where that's concerned i mean literally in the last um 12 hours or so um i received my most recent purchase um from ebay and it's um it's a sticker book um it's a, it's an fks sticker book as we've mentioned before fks poor man's panini um and they they <laughs> they did a sticker collection a sticker album uh in 1982 it's called world cup special uh 1982 and um i actually owned that when i was a kid i didn't yet another album that i didn't complete uh stickers wise but um but i completely randomly saw it on ebay the other day i thought oh my god i've got to have that it was a practically empty sticker album there's a it said it had about five or six stickers in it but i thought okay that's fine i'm just curious to rem- remember what it looked like as much as anything else um so won the auction and it turned up earlier on today and i started kind of thumbing through the pages of the album and started to sort ring vague bells of what it used to look like and, and everything and then i started seeing one or two of these Stickers that were mentioned on the on the auction on the site, and um, I think the first couple I spotted were the stickers were bigger than the spaces in the on the page, and I thought, well, that's not right. Obviously, that's that's these stickers look like they're from a different collection, and in fact, they look like they were perhaps Panini stickers from something like a. I know they did a couple of things like sports superstars, or I don't know, um, they did kind of um, strange kind of global, shall we say, uh, sticker collections panini on one or two occasions back in the late 70s and stuff. So I sort of thought, hmm, well, that's not good. Stickers from a different collection. still wasn't entirely sure. And then it was confirmed to me, when i saw a sticker which was for someone called didier peroni now if we've got any listeners uh, who are sports fans uh, that know their formula 1 they all know that didier peroni was indeed a french formula 1 motor racing driver and i thought what the hell is he doing in a spain 82 <laughs> football collection and i was frankly not impressed okay so but but i don't know about you rich but um, maybe other listeners will have a similar um Uh, Sort of view on this. I mean, personally speaking, I'm a a very kind of non-confrontational person. I'm not a coward. I'm just not a not a very kind of confrontational person. So when I saw these strange stickers, I thought maybe in my haste to buy this item, I must have just seen the seen the item on eBay and just went click, you know, purchase, you know, bid, whatever, and and just kind of I've got to have it. And maybe I didn't stop. For long enough to read the details on the description and, and and everything. So I thought, maybe it was me, maybe I was in the wrong, but i I went back and I checked, and sure enough it says something like, you know, only six stickers in this album. And there was no mention of the fact that there were actually, I think four of them were from some completely different sticker collection. And I just thought, that's a bit naughty. And okay, I didn't spend a huge amount on the on the album itself. I didn't um you know, fork out a fortune for it, but it was just the principle of the thing. you think, surely, it, even if you're not, even if it's a book that you've inherited from someone, and you're just deciding, well, I don't want it anymore, I'll sell it. The least you can do is just fl- flick through it and just check to see what's there, because, say, some of the, a couple of these stickers were like bigger than the space provided in the album for where the stickers should go and just all you have to do is put on your thing you know a couple of stickers involved a couple of stickers in this album that shouldn't be there or from a different collection and everybody knows right right from the off and you either decide to buy it or you don't on that basis and if and a bit like what you said rich if i'd have seen that then i would have thought well no actually i don't think i'll i'll bother because that's kind of spores it really because there are a lot of people maybe yourself included rich that you sometimes you buy a, a near empty sticker album with a view to maybe filling it later you might decide to try and buy some of the other stickers to put them in later and we might get time if we before the end of the podcast to discuss that but i just it, just, it was a bit of a, i felt kind of like i'd been conned and I, and I have actually contacted the seller i won't say who it is um and and i played a straight back to them and sort of said look you know yeah, I'm a bit disappointed thanks for sending me the item but a bit disappointed because you didn't tell me about that and any chance of a refund because I think I'm kind of within my rights to ask for that to be perfectly honest <sighs> there we go that's my <laughs> personal rent but
0: no, I, I, no I do agree it just annoys me when people don't you know kind of um, when they're not straight about it, it's like, I, I mean, some things you can understand, like you say, if they've inherited it from someone, they don't, you know, they might not know. I mean, if, for instance, if, if my wife was selling off some Panini stuff of mine, she wouldn't have a clue whether the stickers in it were legitimate for that album or not, yeah. because, you know, how, how would she? But it's, like you say, it's when, when when you just get that sense that they know damn well that there was something mm. wrong with it and have just not mentioned it. Especially when, like I say, considering other eBay's, you'll look at them and you'll look at the listings and they've listed every single fault with it. With it Potentially, mm. yeah, and you just think, well, okay, that's really nice, you know. Then you can make an informed decision because, yeah. as I said with that other with that shirt, you know, it's like, okay, I might not have spent much in it, but had I have known that, I wouldn't have bought no. it. Um And it's like, I mean, I bought an England <coughs> shirt recently, like a, a one from nineteen ninety two, mm. and when I got it. It was like there'd been some repair work done to it. And it was... <laughs> because I looked at it, I put it on the floor, and I thought, that doesn't seem to be fitting right. You know, it doesn't look like it's lying flat. And I noticed there was, like, massive two... Uh, like, almost like a huge triangle where they'd... Um, I don't know what happened to the show originally, but they'd cut a triangle out of it and then stitched it back up. What? And I, I just know. thought... And I contacted the seller, and and to be fair, he said, you know, he didn't just go to the wardrobe, and and I did believe him. The guy said, I'm, I'm really sorry, I didn't realise, yeah. you know, and, and he said, oh, I'm looking at it now, and I, the thing is, but I looked back at the pictures because I thought, you know, how can I have missed that? And you look back at the pictures, and you can see mm.
1: it. So it's there, and yeah. it's
0: but it's one of those yeah, but it's one of those things that you only would know to look for it. Mm if you knew it was there because it the design, I mean you think the early yes. it was the, the England third shirt from ninety two. Oh, okay. So it's like kind of one of the really random pattern mm. ones. So, you know, it's it's not gonna be easy to spot a fault like that on such a random pattern. And it was a fairly small dark picture as well. So I thought, well okay, yes you can see it in the pattern. And I did Put that when I contacted, them. I said, "Okay, yeah, I admit you can see it in the picture, but it's not mentioned anywhere in the listing, and it's not mentioned, you know. It again, it's been described as perfect condition." Mm. And I said, "To be honest, that's not why not... I would describe as perfect." Yeah. But to be fair, the guy came back and said, oh, "I'm really sorry, I didn't see it, and actually, yes, you know, I just literally got it out of the wardrobe, put it on the floor, took the picture, and shoved it back in the wardrobe." <laughs> I said, "Okay, fair enough, you know." So I ended up, you know, sent the thing back. I got a refund. It was it was no big deal. It was but it's just the hassle. Yes, and it's just the kind of you know, it's this kind of a bit of Laziness, really, on the seller's part, and if you're fair enough, if you're selling loads of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I half the time don't bother listing stuff on eBay because I just can't be bothered with it. But if you are going to list it, you have a responsibility <laughs> to make sure that it's correct. Yeah, you know, yeah. so God, I'm sounding like an old grumpy man here. No, but it's no, yeah. true. You know, and it, it's I, but I just happen to have hit about three, sort of four or five things it, of late that have all had stuff wrong with them, and mm. I've had to deal with it. And, and most of the time, like I say, the sellers are fine. Yes, but it's just. It's just it's the, a bit nah, irritating know right? yeah. nah. now I've got to contact the seller and this, and the best one I had recently was the um the stuff that I made the floodlights for my uh cebutio grandstand out of mm-hmm. um splendid as they a are a bunch of yeah, thank you <laughs> um well, it's basically just like a strip of LEDs and an adapter and like you know a thing that goes from the wires to the plug adapter and things like that, and there were two bits missing there was the switch missing the one I was playing with on <laughs> the, the, the previous earlier podcast, podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, or or might be the might next be podcast if we, just say, if we decide to switch these two podcasts around in order. We haven't decided yet. <laughs> um, um, and there was so there was a switch missing and just the plug bit that went from the power adapter to the wires. And it's like kind of an important yeah. bit. So I emailed them and said, "Oh, this bit's missing." And they came back and and I think they were based in Hong Kong and they sort of came back with a kind of half pigeon English kind of thing and said, "Can you take pictures of it?" <laughs> And I was like, and I, would sort of just got up when I had this reply, and so I sent them back quite a sarcastic message, and just said, "Hang on, what? You seriously you want me to take pictures of stuff?" I said, "Basically, there's two bits missing. I've described which bits they are. <laughs> so you want me to take pictures of everything, you know, kind of." And then I, I put this last line in, which I did delete before I sent it. I put like, "Do you want me to take pictures of the missing bits as well?" Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was just, I was, and then yeah. I sort of like about half an hour later, once I'd woken up properly, I thought, "Actually, yeah, fair point. It's not an, an, an unreasonable thing to ask." So you know. To, to get pictures of what's missing because mm. obviously they package stuff in a certain way. If they see the pictures, they'll know exactly what's happened, what's been missing, and everything. So I sent him another message saying, you know, ignore the last message. I was just a bit cranky. I just got up, you know, and then here's some pictures. <laughs> but it was just like, oh, I thought, what are you taking the mick or something? Mm. I'm telling you two bits are missing from it. And of course, having had all the other bits with eBay not turn up, it was just like, oh. So I just, thought, I just thought, no, I'm not. What? You want pictures as well? What? And <laughs> then
1: like, I calmed down after that. But... I'm pleased to hear it. <laughs> dear um yeah i mean it's it's um it's one i mean it's kind of obvious stuff really but i guess when you're buying stuff on ebay there's it's you have a duty to at least make sure you read through all the description and the postage costs i mean the postage and packing i mean now that i'm living in new zealand it's a it's a a real key thing for me (laughs) because most of the stuff i buy on ebay these days kind of is double the price now because of the postage and packing but um some people will post worldwide some people won't some people specify that it's only um pick up only which is a a thing to look out for especially if somebody's the things i used to love um looking out for when i was in the uk is when somebody's selling like an entire box full of old football annuals or something because you can get some absolute bargains you can get like 20 books for like you know six or seven quid let's say Uh, but some of those things you you have to go and pick them up so keep an eye open for that but so yeah it's it's difficult. It's it sounds obvious, but like I say, if you're like me, you can be very impulsive when you're looking for stuff on eBay. and You kind of go, "Oh, look, it's one of those," and you just go click bid for it, and then and before you've even probably read through all the details. So that's it's an obvious thing, but do read through that stuff. is would be my advice. Um, and um, I mean, so what, what was the most recent thing that you got turn up through the post then, Rich? That you bought? Uh, that otherwise. would be. I uh, turned up
0: yesterday actually it was uh, the second of the Football 86 albums that oh, I bought right, yes. because um, as as I've talked to you about it Chris um, basically I ended up with two purely because mm-hmm. I bought I missed out on one that was a complete album someone outbid me at the last second by about 20p oh. um And it was a complete Football 86 album, um, (laughs) Panini one and it was in really good condition and I missed out, I think it went for about 11 quid or something Mm. in the end, so it wasn't even really expensive and I just missed out. So then I was watching a few and there was one that was 49p it had about 5 quid postage on it, but it was 49p and it wasn't complete I think it was about 75% complete Mm. and I thought, well to be honest for reviewing purposes or just for looking at the stuff, you know, that'll be absolutely fine. So I thought, well I'll bid on that and nobody else bid on it so I ended up winning it for 49 p so for about £5.50 I got this Football 86 album but then at the same time there was another one which was a complete album which was going for not much more and I think I ended up getting that for about 12 quid. so Hmm. within a couple of days I had the same album twice Um, one of which is like 75% complete and the other is about well the other is complete um, so it's it's bizarre to have suddenly gone from nothing to having two of them, mm. but then at the same time I'd would rather have done that than ended up potentially missing out on all of yeah, them. Yeah, so,
1: absolutely, yeah.
0: Um, so what was the what was the last thing you got? Oh, the last thing apart from that um, thing, apart from <sighs> the thing which uh, hasn't worked, which has out. got a <laughs> bloody
1: motor racing driver in it, in a football album. Um, uh, I can't remember actually. I think probably um, the last thing before that that I got um, earlier this week, I think it was was my two admiral. Uh, football annuals uh, one from 79 one from 81 I think they did four between 78 so I did 78, 79 18, 81 and I got two together from the same um, bookseller on eBay and um, and that was I mean they're just tremendous I've already reviewed one of them on uh, the football attic and they're just lovely lovely books I mean, and just for balance actually while we're on the subject I mean I'm, I kind of had a moan about the some of the negative stuff that you get on on eBay and, and the service that you get but there was um somebody uh, something that i bought on ebay a while back and the seller got in touch with me afterwards after it had been delivered and actually said i've just calculated the postage costs, and i've realized that i've overcharged you by about two pounds so i've actually refunded it so just for balance you do sometimes get some some good sellers as well just uh, as we mentioned before so um you know if you've not dabbled much on ebay and you're a bit sort of put off by some of these stories we're coming out with then it's not all it's not all like that there are some good sellers out there
0: Oh yeah, I mean to be honest, the majority of them are really good. I mean, I mean, I I bought the the football eighty eight and eighty nine albums. I bought off rough the same guy, but there were two separate auctions, both of which had like three pound postage mm. on it. Um, and I contacted him afterwards. I'd already paid for one of them, and I contacted him and said, just you know, just saying, you know, do you you know you do you combine postage for these? He went, yeah, yeah, that's not a problem. So so I paid for both in full, and then about a day later, he said, oh, I'll, you know, once I have posted them, I'll let you mm. know. And the next thing is, so I got a message saying, you yeah, know, I've just posted them, you know, and it was like they were it only cost me three quid so here's three quid back mm. and it was like you know people don't have to do that you know because yeah. they've listed things separately and individually it's like the majority of people I've dealt with on eBay have been absolutely really good it's just only happens to be it's probably to be honest it's only because I've bought a hell of a lot of stuff recently mm. that I've probably had a few problems and like I say in all honesty every single time they've all been dealt with really nicely I think yeah. I think my only kind of dealings on eBay that really stuck in my crawl recently was I went to bid on a, on a shirt and shirt and it said, you've been blocked from bidding on this shirt. <laughs> I was like, what, eh? Hey? I thought, what's that Your reputation precedes I like, you. Yeah, and I, th- I thought, well, maybe it's just one of the other things. So I sent the seller a message just saying, oh, I was bidding on this shirt, but it said blocked. So do you know, any, any idea why? And I just wondered, because sometimes when you list stuff on eBay, you can put automatic things in that, um, you know, kind of block based on feedback mm. or this and that. And I thought, well, I've got really good feedback anyway. So I didn't hear anything back. And then about a week later... I spotted the same shirt. Didn't realize I'd forgotten about it, and went to bid on it again. It was like you're know, blocked. I was oh, it's the same one, isn't it? So I thought, hang on a minute. So I contacted the seller and just said, like, you know, well, why? Wonder, you didn't get back to me? I just wondered. I just wondered why I was, but I'm really confused, you know. And she came. It was uh, I think it was um, female. She came back and said, like, you know, in really quite a pissy email, because <laughs> I think I said in my in my in my message that you know I've got good feedback. I you know I can't think of any reason why. I've not I've done anything badly, but I've always paid for stuff. Fine, um, upstanding and member she, of the community came, and all that, yeah. Literally, yeah, that sort of thing, you know. <laughs> and she came back and said, oh, well, you know, um, I said, I just don't, don't quite understand, you know. Hmm. And she came back with a really pissy email saying, uh, "Saying, oh, well, you know, um, I, I'm in contact with a number of other sellers on eBay, and we, you know, have a list of, you know, people that um, kind of, you know, non-paying bidders, um, um, partial refunders, hmm. and all this, and a whole load of stuff. Um, and she said oh it's easy to have like a high f- f- a feedback rating as a as a buyer because obviously we can't leave negative feedback mm. which I'd forgotten about because yeah. a couple of years ago eBay changed that which is a policy I personally don't agree right. with but um, but anyway, and so she said all this, and then said, like, so, so it's actually quite easy to understand. And I, I thought, what? And I thought, I don't fit any of that criteria. So I wrote a message about not expecting a reply yeah. and just said, well, you know, that's confused me even more because I'm none of those things. And I thought, hang on a minute, so that means somewhere my name is on a list yes. of people that are banned from bidding. I thought, uh, what? I've never done that. Mm. I thought the only partial refund I'd ever had was that guy with the greasy Argentina shirt. <laughs> And I thought, well, that's because he'd misdescribed yeah. it. And I thought, and I was, to this day, it still rankles that I'm somewhat, somehow on on a list that's shared by a bunch of people for for not being allowed to bid on stuff. And I'm thinking, I'm, what? Mm. <laughs> I've never done anything dodgy on eBay in my life, you know. So, I don't
1: know. <laughs> that's a bit of a dodgy anyway, thing, yeah. but as
0: But as you said, Chris, it's all fine. Everything's great on eBay. <laughs>
1: i uh, one thing actually I will just quickly mention because I know we're almost out of time is um a little if we're talking about sort of tips and things on on buying stuff on eBay if you're buying if you do buy say an empty sticker album and then you decide to buy the s- stickers for it separately with a view to kind of retrospectively filling the album up um be warned um one that I tried to do I bought uh, an FKS sticker album from about 1979 uh, a while back and then started buying some of the stickers for it uh, separately um, if you' if you're dealing with stickers that are that old uh, and you try and stick them in quite often you'll find that they've actually kind of fused to the to the backing paper you know, you'll try and peel them off and because they're so old they've actually kind of fused with so therefore they start to rip and stuff like that so if you're retrospectively filling up an old sticker album don't make it too old because otherwise you'll you'll be in all kinds of um, terrible situations there so go for something that's fairly recent that would be my tip that's just a bit of a quirky one but it's just a bit of advice I just like to pass on as part of our consumer actually, service <laughs> actually
0: another good tip for sticker buying is that as i found out with doing the euro 2012 one last year um if you're going to buy uh like a sticker album uh-huh. and collect all the all the stickers to go in it. To be honest, you best bet just buy a box of like a hundred packs of stickers off eBay. Yes, because when I did that, when I bought my second album, when I bought the limited edition one um, from Germany. Um, and then f- had to obviously collect the whole lot again i bought for about 30 quid mm. um it was a box of 100 packs of stickers which worked out a damn sight cheaper than buying them individually oh, yeah. and and by the time i'd actually used all the 100 packs of stickers i had 90% of the album complete <laughs> Because it was like, I hardly got any swaps out of it at all. Yeah. Whereas when I've, when I've been collecting them in individual packs, I was getting so many bloody swaps. I had about 12 John Tiddles <laughs> and nobody was
1: there. <laughs> no, I had a similar experience, actually. Yeah, I, I, um, I was getting loads of swaps very early on when I was collecting Euro 2012 Panini stickers. But um, because I'd missed out on World Cup 2010 uh, Panini album, I did the same thing. I bought a box on um, eBay and I was opening pack after pack, and I wasn't hardly getting any duplications, and hardly any swaps at all. It was brilliant, and and I bought that box for about like ten quid, ten ten pounds for about a hundred packets. And it, so you can, there are some definite bargains, and it's as you say, it's kind of more efficient to do it that way in 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 terms of swaps and stuff. Another tip. Totally. I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean. Like I say they—they they kind
0: of logically it should be random, mm. but clearly they—they they mm. weren't that random because throughout the box it was like nearly the entire book of stickers. In fact, after that, I think I only needed to send off for about fifty from the uh, from buying them direct from Panini. Right. It was like I'd complete the whole book within about a week.
1: That's the way to do it: in, out, and don't look back. Oh yes, yeah. Sod swapping people, <laughs> just buy it. buy them off eBay. That's right, yes. Yes, indeed. We haven't even talked about getting going to charity shops and boot sales, which is was hoping to cover. Maybe we'll save that for another time.
0: Yeah, well, to be honest, I don't do many boot sales, and I really should, but then I just know that if I went to boot sales, I'd end up with so much crap.
1: I would buy so <laughs> much crap. <laughs> well, I, I never used to think there would be much to buy, but I know our, our mutual friend Al Gordon, friend of Football Attic, uh, wrote an article a while back where he started off saying that he bought um, uh, an old um mb game called kickoff from a boot sale and i just think ah if only i was still living in the uk i'd, I'd make a point of going around to many more boot sales on on a you know the premise of maybe buying a uh, something like that but um anyway if you've bought any stuff from from boot sales and charity shops and stuff um, some absolute gems where football nostalgia is concerned then uh, do get in touch one thing I would
0: say actually about charity shops is they're not as cheap as they used to be. <laughs> not as cheap because, um, and and well, it, it, to be honest, it's like they used to be a great place to pick up absolute bargains. I mean, like I've bought a few football shirts from charity shops. Not many because they you. Don't actually see them that mm. often, but they used to used to get them for like a pound or two pounds or mm. something. And the last few times I've actually seen someone there, they've been like a fiver. And I'm, I don't know how that sounds really mean, but I'm just thinking, I got a fiver, you know, in a, for for an old shirt in a charity shop. You know, I'm sorry, <laughs> and it, I know that that does sound really horrible, doesn't it? But it's just like you look at it and you just think, well, you know, I could probably buy that just as cheaply off eBay. Uh, admittedly it's not It's not a charity shop But it's not, I'm just gonna <laughs> Yeah I think it is me sound really regularly sound horrendous <laughs> I'm a bad person Or um, Johnson But I tell you I mean I did see Yeah I did see recently In a charity shop It was um, some old football game From I think the 60s Or hmm. something I posted pictures on On uh, Twitter of it And lots of people were saying, Oh buy it Buy it But it was 20 quid Yeah yeah it's like 20 quid and again from like you know again i know they're obviously trying to make money for the charity but come on, it's, it's a charity shop you don't expect things to be 20 quid for something like that and the funny thing is i actually googled it when i got home and it wasn't worth much more than that anyway yeah. and i just think oh okay then you know because normally that's the thing you associate charity shops with bargains mm. but i've actually found nowadays they're not there aren't that many bargains to be had at all mm. they're all you know they're priced similar to ebay well yeah
1: let's let's face it i suppose they're getting savvy and getting to know uh, you know how to uh, maximize their profits and getting to know their audience better so i suppose somebody's kind of tipped them off from head office to sort of say you know if you ever get any any games on this list or any items shirts whatever then um, make sure you charge a bit extra for them because there is a market for them i suppose so they're just getting a bit more savvy i guess i know actually that's the worst thing that's one thing i've noticed a lot on
0: ebay um compared to about 10 years ago is the People are a hell of a lot more savvy. Mm. I mean you used to be able to pick up real bargains about ten years ago. I think it was about about ten years ago I bought the my denmark eighty six shirt mm. and I got that for about thirty two quid <laughs> And that was having recently missed out on one that went for about 27 quid. Nowadays, those things go for around mm, about 90 quid and yeah. they never go for anything cheaper. Yeah. And that's the one thing that does annoy me now is, is not only are the sellers a lot more savvy, the buyers are a lot more savvy. So well, yeah. you rarely get a really good bargain. Um, it does happen occasionally, yeah.
1: but it's very rare. Yeah, true enough, true enough. Um, but uh, but do keep looking because there are, as you say, there's definitely bargains to be had there. If you're looking for the right thing, uh then, uh, yeah, you can pick up some lovely stuff for next to nothing i should know i've I've bought plenty of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. <laughs>
0: and uh, I, I would say on that note, Chris, we're probably going to start boring people oh, if we any much longer. Um, so I'd say it's time to wrap up, other than obviously, as Chris has said, if you have any memories you want to share or some you know, obscure football memorabilia that you've bought off eBay or from charity shops or car boot sales, please do get in touch. We are available at admin at thefootballattic.com, or we're on Twitter, uh, twitter.com forward slash footballattic, or of course the horrendous Facebook, <laughs> uh, which is uh, facebook.com Forward slash the football attic, um, and I think that's pretty much uh, that's what I think we'd say we're done for the time being, Chris. Yeah. And we just need to work out whether we're going to release this one or the FA cut one first. Oh. We don't yet know. it's
1: the excitement that we'd like to build up amongst all of you. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and so although the problem is we've made references to the previous podcast, <laughs> and we've kind of treated this like it's the second one, so yeah. if we do if we do change the order, we might screw with people's heads. <laughs> Not for the first time, I guess. <laughs> <Not> exactly. <laughs> um, but in the meantime, until next time when we might record twelve in a row, who knows? Um, it's goodbye from me, and goodbye from me too.